Hey everybody, welcome to the Women's Football Podcast in association with Her Game 2. I'm Annie Mills and this is our look at the women's game from the Champions League to the National League and beyond. Joining me this week, we have friend of the podcast, Swedish journalist and host of Bear Pitch Podcast, it's Maya Eriksson. Also back with us, we have Polly Starkey. Hi ladies, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, a bit cold because I, I've been out uh, on the Dahmer Svenskan premiere uh, today and it snowed uh, very much. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> so it was the first legs of the Champions League quarterfinals. On Tuesday, Arsenal fell to defeat against Bayern Munich over in Germany, courtesy of a goal from Leah Schuler. Her header being the difference between the two sides. Arsenal did have several chances but couldn't take them. Maya, a frustrating night for Arsenal over in Germany, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I would probably say it was, or at least they, I mean, Jonas Edeval was uh, kind of frustrated afterwards uh, with the VAR and everything uh, and the technology. Uh, I think uh, all four quarterfinals were kind of scrappy uh, in play. So I expect uh, next week to be or this upcoming week, to be a lot better, football-wise, I mean. Yeah, you just mentioned there that Jonas mentioned about the non-use of VAR, as Bayern wouldn't pay for it. However, it will be in use for the second leg, so I'm guessing it's left everyone scratching their heads a little bit. Yeah, I I, I get that. Uh, I mean, people in general are quite confused about it, but the fact is that, I mean... Obviously, when you play a quarterfinal in the Champions League nowadays, you are a club with resources and money. But, if, I mean, imagine if, like, I mean, another team in, in any league, who am I going to take? Like Hoffenheim or a team like that in, in the German league, they wouldn't have the resources to to have VAR, VAR and perhaps not even technology and they they wouldn't have been forced to do it as well because it's not obligated they are not obligated to have it and i think people tend to forget that but yeah and th this is where we are at with this so yeah it's quite a controversial topic at the moment a lot of people are saying that it should either be used for all games or no games at all is that something that you agree with yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's, we talk about it all the time in the women's game now that, you know, with the development that, that is going on all, all over that I think we, our expectations is uh, quite high. Uh, but the reality, I mean, we live in a different reality. But obviously, if it's, when it's being put out like that, that if, if one game or and club has it, why, shouldn't the other club uh, have it then so I think it, it it's a tough question uh, actually I'm not sure where I stand in this because I, I would also like to think that okay but what do we do if 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 a club that aren't these top two clubs in every league uh, mm. play in the Champions League what do we do then would we discuss this as we discuss it now I'm not sure I think it's hard yeah yeah. Polly, next week the tie is at the Emirates. It's definitely not over yet, is it? 
No, not at all. And I think actually all the games are quite um, evenly poised to go out and do more. Um, and I think considering, you know, you've got a 1-0 win, it's not it's not gone away. There's a there's a lot to fight back. And I think um, having it at the Emirates, that gives the advantage for Arsenal. Um, they'll have a home crowd. They've sold quite a few tickets. Um, and I think it's just a chance for the team to regroup and, and you know, push for... They've, they've played against this team before. They know where their weaknesses are and they weren't too far away. I think there are a couple of really good chances and it's just about getting getting those in the goal. And um, Arsenal had a great game at the weekend against Spurs. So I think um, they'll take confidence from that. And obviously, Bayern are, are a much stronger team than, than Spurs. But again, it is consistency and, and getting those good chances and then putting that into play in, in Champions League. And the other semi-final on Tuesday saw teenager Salma Parolweo give Barcelona a victory over Champions League debutants Roma in the first leg of their quarter-final in Italy. Roma really gave the current holders a tough time, with Barca's keeper Sandra Panos having to be in fine form. The game was played over at the Stadio Olimpico and attracted a crowd of 39,454, the largest for a women's game in Italy. Maya, Roma have been a, re- a revelation this season, haven't they? And we'll feel unfortunate that they haven't got something out of this. I think I think it's both. Like I do think that every team that missed opportunities to score, uh, because they had opportunities to score and really hurt Barcelona, uh, would disappoint any team this level. But I also think that they are proud uh, at what they achieved. Um in order what what kind of resilience they put up. Uh, I was actually there at that game, watching it from the sidelines, and it was, uh, I mean, it was a great experience, uh, really great stadium, and, and the Roma fans were, I mean, I've been at Camp Nou as well to watch Barcelona play, and their fans are also very loud and and proud, but, but I mean, you could really feel that, um, that, the Roma fans were enjoying uh, themselves at that game. But I do think also that uh, Roma is playing quite similar in their own league uh, as Barcelona with because they like to press high and they have a coach that that is very good at at uh, tactical twists and stuff like that. And I think that he really got it right uh, against Barcelona. Um, yeah. And they played at home, so I'm sure they are disappointed that they couldn't give their fans uh, uh, a goal, at least. But I think that that actually probably was the best game out of these four quarterfinals uh, in quality. Yeah. And you just mentioned the enthusiasm of the Roma fans. It will now be quite a tough task for them, won't it, in the second leg at the new Camp? Yeah, I think... I think uh, we will see uh, another level uh, of Barcelona's play uh, at Camp Nou this week. I don't think that Barcelona was very happy uh, about uh, their own uh, game. But, I mean, this this could be like what I said. I, I think uh, all four quarterfinals were kind of scrapping quality because... Like, like when every they play two two legs and and two games and they have to feel each other out, sort of. And I do think that we saw it, uh, but I don't think Barcelona is very happy about the fact that they let Roma have the opportunity opportunity to score so many times. 
Yeah. But one thing that might come in Roma's favour is that Barcelona had an El Clasico this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's been a great week of football because many of the teams in the Champions League have had tough games in their leagues uh, on the weekend. Um, I mean, I'm going to say something controversial now, perhaps, that I do think that Barcelona still had the easiest game um, if you compare it to to the German teams that also play in the Champions League and um, and Chelsea. On Wednesday, we saw Chelsea travel to France to face Lyon and it was Guru Wrighton's goal which gave them the victory. Emma Hayes said she loves the confidence of the side as they pulled off a massive victory and now head into the second leg at Stamford Bridge full of confidence. Emma Hayes drew inspiration from when Arsenal won in Lyon in the group stages and it does feel like teams can go there confident now. Would you agree, Polly? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Arsenal winning 5-1 against Lyon, that was an extremely unexpected um, result a couple of months ago. So I think, um, you know, Emma Hayes was right in saying, take the, those lessons from Arsenal. And um, and yes, it was 1-0, but, um, but at the end of the day, Chelsea were the better side. And of course, now they'll have the home advantage in the second leg. Um, so I think people do need to maybe take notice, I think, of the English clubs putting their hand up in the Champions League because... I think both Chelsea and Arsenal have shown the quality that they have. And perhaps, yes, other you look at Bayern Munich or Wolfsburg, who who are excellent teams, but the English teams are are improving slowly and um and I think could go quite far in the in the competition. Yeah. Maya, Leon have prog- progressed from twelve of their thirteen quarterfinals and they'll have Ada Hegerberg back for the second leg, so they can't be underestimated either, can they? No, definitely not because it's it's Leon. But what I also think is that I get why it's very like easy to really say that oh Arsenal winning five one against Leon that that's a really big thing because it's it is for Arsenal. But for Leon, I don't think somehow uh, both French teams are very sometimes looking quite. Okay, we don't care until we we need to care, if you know what I mean. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see because when when Lyon played in the in the semifinals last season, they were were going up against PSG and they changed tactics completely, like from the first leg to the second leg. Um, which by that I mean that when they played PSG in the first leg of the semifinals, they played like they want to play football, like possession based and they and with with the ball. And then when they played the second leg, they completely completely changed that to a counter attacking football and they won because that's what they needed to do to win the game. Um and like you said, uh, Ada Hegeberg will probably not start, perhaps, but she will probably come into play. And, I mean, that's a pretty good player to have on the bench if you need to score. And since every quarterfinal uh, ended with just just 1-0 in favour of the winning team, uh, this is a week coming up where anything can happen. And, it, like Chelsea... They've had the opportunity in one week, their season can change either to a very good season or a very bad season, both in the league and 
uh, in the Champions League. Moving on to the final quarter-final game where we saw Wolfsburg take a narrow 1-0 lead back to Germany after their win over PSG. This game wasn't without its own VAR interventions. PSG were awarded a penalty when Marina Hegering was deemed to have fouled Sakina Karchiri, but referee Rebecca Welch overturned the decision when viewing the VAR pitchside monitor. Ten minutes later, Elisa Dalmeida blocked Lena Oberdorf's goal-bound header with her arm in the 61st minute and it ultimately proved costly as following a VAR review, Wolfsburg were awarded a penalty and Elisa shown a second yellow card. Dominique Janssen scored it to give Wolfsburg an advantage back to Germany. Maya, you mentioned VAR before, a game we've seen it used in this game, but not others, and ultimately it proved to be a big factor in this game, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, that also like in in the game against between uh, Bayern Munich and Arsenal, it was playing a main part. And obviously, there are questions being raised about the system um, because we are, we are not sure um, if the refs are sure how to use it. Um, and, and I mean, that's pretty bad. Uh, in many ways, I think um, you need to show consistency if you're going to use um, a system like that and a technology like that as well. But I mean, I, I do think it would have been even more bad if if the results would have been like three nil or even two nil. Now I think with it is what it is. So. Let's just see what this week will bring. And Wolfsburg, they'll be dark horses in the competition, but they do know how to win it, don't they? Yeah, I mean, Wolfsburg is all that. That's always a good team, and uh, I actually said it the other day that I mean, there are so many great games when top teams go up against each other across every league. Uh, but one of the one of my favorite uh, like games of all seasons uh, is always when when Wolfsburg is playing Bayern because you that quality like the level of quality in the German football between the two absolute best teams in that league that's crazy stuff. Yeah, and they faced Bayern this weekend. And I know Georgia Stanway mentioned it as well. This may decide the second legs of both their games because of what was at stake. Yeah, I mean, it it's crazy because, I mean, just a couple of of months ago, it looked like Wolfsburg would, would win the league easily with, I think they were five points clear at the top. Uh, and now after playing Bayern, they, they aren't top uh, of the table anymore. Instead, they are, I think, one point behind Bayern. And that point could be very crucial uh, for them. But, I mean, it was, again, it, yesterday was kind of a crazy day as well because it was penalties that uh, were awarded across Europe um, for for many teams. And, I mean, obviously that game also, I think it was in the mi- 83rd minute or something that Georgia Stanway um, from the spot secured uh, those three points for Bayern. It was a big win for Bayern. 11 wins for them in a row now this weekend, especially from the goal from Georgia Stanway. How was the game for you? I think, like I said, I was, I, I, 
had been looking forward to that that game probably all week. Uh, it was a great game. I mean, tough duels, uh, very physical, uh, not many chances to to score, uh, which is very common when Bayern and and Wolfsburg play each other. Um, but also like winning that game one nil because that was a good game uh, to watch. Uh, just shows how small margins it is uh, between these two teams uh, to even win the league now. On to the domestic action, which started on Friday evening with the Merseyside derby at Goodison Park. It was a very feisty derby played in front of just over 22,000 fans. Gabby George scored on her 100th WSL appearance. Was it a cross or was it a shot? We'll let you decide that one, guys. Liverpool have had plenty of chances in the first half with Missy Bokerns missing a guilt-edged opportunity before Katie Stengel was able to prod home an equaliser. Liverpool had the better chances in the second half as well and had a goal disallowed when referee Lauren Impey adjudged that Kerry Holland had fouled Courtney Brosnan. Brosnan produced several good saves as well to leave Matt Beard frustrated. After the game, we heard from Liverpool's Katie Sengel and Missy Bokerns and Everton's Nicolene Sorensen. Polly, it was a great advert for the WSL, wasn't it? 100%. And I think they are slightly unbalanced teams in terms of like generally in the league. But I thought um, the game between them was excellent. And I thought Liverpool really rose the occasion. I know a lot of Liverpool fans saw it as a win, um, you know, despite the result and obviously the whole disallow goal situation. But um, no, I thought Liverpool stepped up and I think they were quite unfortunate to to come away with the draw. Um, I do think it was it was a great you know, advert, as you say, for the WSL and to see that many fans at Goodison Park. I mean, normally Everton won't get very many fans um, at their ground. It isn't the best of grounds. Um, but uh, yeah, a great opportunity for them to play in the main stadium. And um, the people of Liverpool will always turn up for a Merseyside derby. So um, I thought it was an excellent game. And what were your thoughts on the disallowed goal? Um, well, oh. That's a good question. I think it should have been allowed, to be honest. Um, I am not a referee. I don't know tons about refereeing. But um, when I saw the footage, I I thought it should have been allowed. I didn't think it was that much of a big deal or a big shove. So, yeah. Yeah. It's been a decent week for Liverpool with four points from these two games, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And and they've been kind of stuck in a rut of losing. So it's good that they are um, getting points under their belt and uh, they are quite quite safe in the table now um, after, as I say, a, quite a difficult run. And um, I mean, Matt Beard seems to know how to manage players really well. Um, and they've been quite unlucky with injury. But with with players coming back, um, I think they, they do have a, a lot of hope going forward for the for the back end of the season. On to Saturday, it was the North London derby at Spurs hosted Arsenal at Leighton Orient. First half goals from Stina Blackstenius and Caitlin Ford set the Gunners on course of victory. Tottenham's Bethany England pulled one back from his penalty spot as Spurs looked to mount a fight back. But Ford, Kim Little and Frieda Manham extended Arsenal's tally to five after the break. Polly, Arsenal must be pleased with how comprehensive that victory was. Yeah, it was. It was such a good win. Um, I think North London derbies are, are always exciting and Arsenal always step up to the occasion. Um, I think considering how poorly uh, Spurs have been playing recently, it was just a great opportunity to to get some goals. And of course, Bethany England scored for Spurs from a penalty. Um, but I thought Spurs' defence was really, really poor. Um, they had a couple of chances, but... Um, yeah, Arsenal just dominated. Um, I thought Freedom Ornham's goal um, was excellent towards the end and 
Caitlin Ford, she's in perfect form at the moment and and she really showed that i um i also thought victoria pullover kind of announced herself um as an arsenal player this weekend as well um there were some excellent pieces of play from her in the midfield um and she came really close to a goal as well so i thought that was excellent to see and it's a good warm-up for that second leg at the emirates this week as well isn't it a hundred percent, and they they need confidence. They've now. I mean, Stina Blackstone has scored. Um, she is a player that really needs that confidence. She's she's struggled with scoring, but um, to have you know, I think it's four different people on on the score sheet is great going into uh, a big Champions League game. Mm. The late kickoff at Old Trafford saw Manchester United score four second half goals against West Ham. Captain Katie Zellen put United ahead with a penalty before Lucia Garcia scored twice and Hayley Ladd netted. Another impressive crowd as well of 27,919 at Old Trafford as they went home happy. United, with that result, have now moved back top. Polly, Mark Skinner's team keep marching on, don't they? They certainly do. Um, I mean, that was an excellent result. I thought they were pretty poor in, in the first half. And I think West Ham did quite well to to defend defend them for that long. Um, but I think, yeah, Mark Skinner would have had a, a serious word at halftime. And, and um, they they absolutely performed in, in the second half um, and really showed what they could do. And they're a team that have really kind of put their hand up this season. Um, they have had some awful performances. I mean, I thought um, against Lewis last week, I, I was quite shocked at, at how bad that was in in um, in the FA Cup. But um, I think, yeah, the, the big occasion at Old Trafford, they, they really stepped up and um, there was incredible fan support again. Mm. Maya, Mark Skinner's contract is up along with some high-profile players like Ona Batley and Alessia Russo. It's important that they try to keep everyone together, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think uh, I think there are a lot of buzz around Manchester United now, uh, obviously, uh, just because it is Manchester United. And I think that they should be disappointed if they don't reach the Champions League qualifications, uh, obviously. I do think, uh, I know that there has been voices raised uh, against Mark Skinner and they criticise his selection of players for every game. Uh, but I do think also that a player like Ona Batier, uh, she is probably one of, she is the Women's Super League's best fullback at the moment. Uh, so, and it's the same with Alessia Russo because um, I do think she's a key player for Manchester, Manchester United. But with that being said, I do think that players like uh, Ona Batier and Alessia Russo, they are players that should be playing in the Champions League. So I think that's the first step for Manchester United to keep players um, that level. Uh, they need to play in the Champions League. Yeah. Amaya, you just said that there's a lot of books around United. What do you mean by that? I mean, with the, with the club, uh, maybe if, if it's getting sold... Uh, that's one one of the buzz uh, yeah. around it, and then it's always buzz around Manchester United because it's Manchester United, and and now the the fans and I do think uh, media also expect Manchester United to take that take that next step, uh, and mm. the next step for them is is uh, showing that they are a top three team in the WSL. That's one thing, and the next is is uh, to play in the Champions League so they can have the chance to sign players 
that aren't even playing in Manchester United yet, but are that players uh, player that could help them um, go even further. Chelsea travelled to Manchester City in the lunch ca- lunchtime kickoff. City blitzed Chelsea in the first half. Goals from Philippa Angledahl opened the scoring with a powerful strike before Lauren Hemp scored an even better effort to have them 2-0 up. City saw the game out comfortably in the end to move them to second and above Chelsea, who are in third, but they also have a game in hand. Polly, that was quite a performance from City, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the first goal was an absolute screamer. Um, and then, of course, Lauren Hemp, just being Lauren Hemp. Um, but I thought it was a horrific performance by Chelsea, to be honest. I thought their defending was really poor. I mean, I know they're missing Millie Bright. Um, but for a top team, you would have thought, OK, you're missing one player. Surely you have someone to replace her. I mean, Millie Bright is is one of the best defenders in the league. But at the same time, if if you are a team that wants to win all these trophies, you can't start panicking as soon as as soon as you lose one of your players. Um, Emma Hayes did say it was down to the fact they've had too many games, but I don't think that's really the case. Um, I mean, Arsenal have, have had the same amount of games in the same amount of time um, and they haven't struggled. I mean, I know they're playing for Spurs, um, but I think Chelsea just didn't rise to the occasion. And um, I was I was quite shocked when I saw Emma Hayes bring off uh, Lauren James at, at like 36 or 38 minutes. Um, I think... That's it's not a good look, um, and I get you want to make changes, but um, I think it sent quite a negative message, and the team didn't really recover from from those first two goals, and, and never really seemed to be in the game. Yeah, Millie Bright's absence was felt for Chelsea and has been since she's been out. So Emma Hayes will be hoping she won't be out for too long, won't she? Yeah, I mean, she said she could be back um, for the Champions League game. I I don't know what the case is with that, but no, she's vital to that Chelsea team. Um, Not only is she obviously a great player, but she's a real leader in that side. Um, And you need that the experience and people who have really strong leadership qualities in the big games. And, you know, they've clearly missed her and, and they do need her back. Yeah. And Lauren Hemp scored a cracking goal and will probably take the headlines. But Yui Hasegawa, she's been a brilliant addition in midfield, hasn't she? Yeah, I love watching Hasegawa. I think she does go under the radar quite a bit, um, especially kind of within the league. I don't think people notice her as much, but um, no, she's been excellent. And I think um, working on kind of the transitions to the midfield forward, I think, I think she's great at getting the ball forward. And um, no, she's an exciting player and I think she's kind of, come into our own quite a lot this season um, and excellent performance uh, uh, today, in fact. Yeah. Maya, Emma Hayes felt this one was one game too many for her side, but they have to refocus quickly, don't they, ahead of Thursday? Yeah, I do think so. But I also think that she were very good in her post-match pressers and from the quotes that I did see. Uh, I must also reflect that people say that Obviously, Millie Bright has been really good and, and she is a key player for Chelsea. But it was buzz around Chelsea like this two seasons ago when, when Magdalena Eriksson was out. And then people said the same thing about her, that, oh, Chelsea's def- defending is horrible without Magda and, and stuff like that. And I do think that's something you have to reflect on. OK, why why is it happening every time Chelsea... Uh, gets a defender that has been starting a lot, why is it causing uh, so much trouble for them? I don't think that's the whole uh, like solution to what we probably saw from Chelsea uh, today when they played City. Uh, but it's just something I think people should have in mind. 
that we have been talking about this uh, before around regarding Chelsea. And they have Kedisha Buchanan and Magdalena Eriksson as two centre-backs and, and those are not bad centre-backs. I think today, from what I saw, I thought that uh, Chelsea's full-backs uh, were the ones that struggled uh, with um, with Manchester City's wingers. So, but but yeah, probably they need to to just get back up in the saddle to to prepare for probably their biggest game of the season uh, on Thursday. Um, because I do think what I said earlier is that this week could either be Chelsea's best of the season or it could be the worst. Hmm. Luke, I've just seen that you want to start a new meeting. Yeah, we've only got less than a minute left on this one, so um, I'll send out a new link and we'll just finish off the WSL stuff with with the guests. Okay, no worries. I will pop it over short. Elsewhere, England forward Rachel Daly and Alicia Lehman both struck twice as clinical Aston Villa put the Women's Super League bottom side Leicester to the sword at Villa Park to move to stay in fifth. Polly, you were at the game. What did you make of it? I thought, again, it was an excellent performance by Aston Villa. They are one of the best sides to watch this season in the WSL. Um, I thought it was a really clinical performance. Um, I was really happy to see Alicia Lehman um, score again. I mean, she's uh, kind of struggled with uh, form and scoring and things like that. Um, but no, it was good to see her back. And and Carla Ward said afterwards, she she told Alicia before the game, you know, you're going to score. Um, and when she did, they went and celebrated together. So I thought that was quite nice. Um, but yeah, again... Rachel Daly just on fire. Um, Carla Ward did say afterwards that um, she kept her on just for the sake of um, her trying to get more goals so she could uh, get the golden boot at the end of the season, which I think is is great. And um, yeah, she's in fine form. And, and the link up between Kenza Daly and Rachel Daly is um, great to watch. I thought it was also good to see Evie Ravjohn make her um, senior starting debut, uh, 17 years old. Great prospect. Um, really excited to see her. She's... Um, Played for England under 19, age 17, um, which is excellent. So um, an all-round like top performance from Aston Villa and they just they just get better and better. It's a big test for them next week when they face Chelsea at home, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. But um, I mean, they played really, really well against Man City last weekend in the FA Cup. They gave it everything. Um, and I think if they can do that again with Chelsea and you know Chelsea have probably lost a bit of confidence perhaps against against Man City this weekend so um it's kind of perfect timing for for Villa to face them um so yeah they've got um they've got a game against them in FA Cup and then also they've got a league game um I think later on so it'll be uh it'll be uh, an exciting one to see but Villa are just absolutely flying at the moment Reading came from behind to draw 2-2 with Brighton. Second bottom Brighton were 2-0 up and cruising after 13 minutes thanks to a brace from Via Trakri Sari. Emma Harris was introduced at half-time and she turned the game back in Reading's favour with a goal just after half-time and then on the hour mark to make sure it ended all square. Polly, that point will suit Reading more than Brighton, won't it? A hundred percent. I mean, they're two teams that they can score a lot but they also concede a lot. Um, and, you know... 
they they get goals and then suddenly they can the, you know the game completely switches and they really struggle um i think both are obviously in quite similar positions in the table but um i think i think reading will be will be quite happy with that because it it could have really really gone the wrong way um but i yeah i was very surprised to see brighton score twice quite early on um especially given their situation with um lack of manager and things like that um but I think they are two teams that have really struggled this season and you want to see more from them um, because they, you know, they do have positive attributes, you know, obviously um, Brighton scoring, but then they're very, very quick to concede. And um, yeah, they're, they're teams that, that struggle to stay in the game quite a lot. Well, yeah, we can... Um... Yeah, we can let Maya and Polly go because we're just going to round up the Championship and National League and won't really ask any questions on that. So just uh, just sort of um, thank them and then, like, yeah, we can do it like that then. Okay. That's everything from Maya and Polly. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, guys. Yeah, thanks for, for having me. Uh, very grateful every time. Cheers, thanks, thanks, guys. Now, moving on to the championship, there were two games in midweek. Blackburn Rovers and Charlton Athletic shared the spoils in a one-one draw, while Birmingham City recorded a comprehensive victory over Crystal Palace. So, on to this weekend's action. Today, we start with a London side who travelled to Durham. Durham turned in one of their best performances of the season as they beat promotion-chasing London City Lionesses, winning by three goals to nil. A bumper crowd of 1,372 were treated to a fine performance from the hosts, who wrapped up all three points courtesy of goals from Rio Hardy, Beth Heppel and Sarah Robson. London City's result presented an opportunity for tabletoppers Bristol City, who took a giant leap towards promotion with a hard-fought win over Southampton on the south coast. Fionn Morgan's early volley was difference in a game where Bristol goalkeeper Fran Bentley also earned the plaudits after a string of fine saves. The league's two Midlands sides met with Birmingham City edging out Coventry United 1-0. Martha Harris scored her first goal for the Blues on her first start since August. Lewis secured an away victory after a seesaw contest at Strugglers, Sheffield United. Courtney Sweetman-Kirk opened the scoring for the Blades before Kirsty Barton equalised soon after. Ellie Mason made it 2-1 to Lewis just after half-time, but Naomi Hartley levelled soon after. The visitors had the final say, Mason striking just after the half-hour... Oh, sorry, no. Just after the hour, which was enough to take all three points in a five-goal thriller. In the day's other games, Molly Sharp's goal was the difference as Crystal Palace beat Blackburn Rovers. On to the National League, Derby County were playing local rivals Nottingham Forest at Pride Park. A crowd of just over 5,000 turned up. Charlotte Steggles and Claudia Greengrass with the goals, which puts Forest four points clear at the top. Huddersfield won 1-0 at Liverpool Feds and AFC Fylde won 1-0 at Loughborough Lightning. In the South, Anna Gray's goal gave Ipswich a 1-0 win at Gillingham. Watford kept up the pressure with a 5-0 win at MK Dons. Tash Stevens and Amy Goddard gave Oxford United a 2-0 win over Plymouth Argyle. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast via all good podcasting platforms and give us a follow on Twitter at TWFP1 and on Instagram, it's the Women's Football Podcast, where you can see what Ella Hillard from Derby County got up to behind the scenes today at Pride Park. Have a great week, everyone.